0: you got to commit to sit at that bedside and to speak with this patient and to listen to the stories and to really connect and to understand what that patient is going through at this moment. She turns to walk out of the room and the patient says her first word. Oh my gosh. She just breathes it. She just says, bye.
1: Produced by Podcast Architects. Welcome to Healthcare Calling, I'm Chelsea Reber, and today I'm joined by Jamie Hardy, a professor at Blinn. If you're interested in Blinn's nursing program, click on the link in the description to learn more. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. This is such a unique opportunity to be able to speak about healthcare in this environment and to talk about what we do here at Blinn College. Well, I would love to start by learning a little bit more about you and how you got involved at Blinn. So funny story, Um, when I was in nursing, I was trying to find out a way to balance the family life continuum and what we were supposed to do with having a new baby. And then my husband was on the 24-48 hour schedule, and I really wanted to teach. I wanted to pass on what I had learned. I enjoyed it so much. So I literally went to the Yellow Pages. That's how old I am. I went to the Yellow Pages (laughs) and looked up how to get involved at Blend College. And they had employment opportunities available. It was the most nerve-wracking experience of my entire life to, like, fill out a job application for an educational uh, institution. I was like, they're going to find out I'm a fake. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is where they figure out that I do not know what I'm doing. What so. kind of nursing were you involved in before you got into teaching? So I was actually, and still am, I'm an emergency room nurse. I practice here locally at a hospital and I've been doing that now. I've been at the same facility for 23 years. You can give a shout out. Where do you work? A, a CHI, St. Joseph, go ER. All right. <laughs> so super go. excited.
1: I can only imagine the stories out of the ER. There's a lot. We may have to get to those in a little <laughs> bit, but I do want to backtrack even more. When yeah. did you realize you wanted to become become a nurse?
0: So I lived in a world where my mother was a nurse and my grandmother went to nursing school and my aunt Kitty was in nursing school. And then even I have a cousin who is a nurse as well. So kind of grew up in a medical household. My mother is a nurse educator and she used to pay us in the summers to come in and be dummies, I mean mannequins. (laughs) And we would literally help out in her classroom and she would drag us along to job sites where she was a management or would ask us to come in to help. Um, I used to call bingo at a nursing home. I was really good at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a very young age, got exposed to healthcare and wanted to help people. Wanted to be involved and the nurses were the ones who were doing this bedside, the most interaction. It was amazing to watch what the nursing staff could do with people. So, and
1: I can only yeah. imagine what it felt like to grow up with role models like that in your household.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. My aunt Kitty and my grandmother could tell us stories about sneaking out of nursing school. So <laughs> uh, I remember them talking about all that growing up and thinking how cool it was. And what so. did your education look like? So my mom, <laughs> I blame my mother for everything. <laughs> um, my mom Blame, <laughs> thank, however you want to word yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a toss up for her. So really and truly with her, she really encouraged me when I was going on my educational journey to pursue a bachelor's degree in nursing. I was coming at it from, I'd already finished all of my prerequisites, and she's like, honey, let me tell you how you're going to do this. And so she was the one who really got me started on the pathway to education, which because of that, it led on to my other educational degrees and to ultimately pursue a master's degree in education and nursing.
1: After graduating, Mm -hmm. what were the first few years like in the nursing industry?
0: So I grew up, (laughs) I grew up on at CHI St. Joseph on uh, what we call the surgical unit. And so there were a lot of opportunities there for growth and for learning and to express yourself as a nurse some of things were really exciting. Some things were just kind of mundane, but I worked with some of the best people in the world and they really taught me how to not take myself too seriously and how to ultimately like become the nurse that I am today. One of my favorite stories is, is my charge nurse. She was a little bit of a trickster. Okay. <laughs> she uh, paid a patient to (laughs) okay first of all I I know I know it sounds it sounds awful right she uh, bribed a patient to bring a urine sample to the nurse's station and it was in the urine cup with the little urine jar on it and he comes up and he goes slams it on the counter and he goes here's my sample I'm like oh okay hang on just a second and I turn to grab a box of gloves and I turn back around he has taken the lid off the container and he's drinking it no (laughs) I'm like what has happened? Well, oh, stop. Well, come to find out the guy's a renal patient. He doesn't make urine, but I didn't know that I didn't read his chart. And so my charge nurse was teaching me a lesson Yes, and, uh, got me him to drink apple juice. I was going to say,
1: please tell me it was apple juice. Totally apple juice. <laughs>
0: but it was a moment where I'm like, Oh, what just happened? So I have great, those are, those are some of the best moments where you learn a lot and, uh, you learn how to to just laugh the day away. Have
1: you turned into a trickster yourself now that you have uh,
0: some nurses and students under you? I have something I'm not proud of and I'll I'll tell, I'll, I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the, uh, the option to share. Okay. I have known to tell students first semester students that if they press the toe on the St. Joseph statue at the hospital, (laughs) he'll come alive and tell them the story of St. Joseph They've looked, (laughs) got some toe pushers. Oh, that's too funny. That's great.
1: Well, I mentioned it earlier. You've got to have some crazy stories from the ER, but it's also got to probably be a pretty, um, well, intense, obviously environment. Um, but I'm sure rewarding as well.
0: Yeah. I feel like, uh, with nursing it's one of the places, uh, or one of the professions where you show up at the right time at the right place when you really didn't think you were going to be there. Um, I can remember a lady from the community that I'd known for a long time. I'd been working with her, trying to help her to access some community health resources, just get her to a better place of health. She comes in one night and she's absolutely hysterical, won't let anyone touch her. And I walk into the room and I'm like, hey girl, she's like, oh, Jamie, Jamie. And she completely settled down. And then after that, we were able to get her the care that she needed. So again, one of those professional things where you're just like, I was not even planning on being there and here it was, you showed up in a big way. So, so you're the program director for the paramedic RN program. What is this program meant to you to create and where is it now? When I brought on was, was brought on to staff in 2005, okay. they asked me what one of my professional goals was. And this was one of them that I wanted this program to start because I felt like it was a need in our community. I know a lot of paramedics, my husband's a paramedic and so a lot of those uh, guys and gals want to transition from being a paramedic into the nursing role. So I knew that there was a need. I just didn't really know how to get there. Um, So super excited we just graduated our first class that's so exciting congratulations i know i'm so excited for these uh, guys and gals uh yeah so first graduating class 2023 paramedic to rn and they're all getting their dates together they're getting ready to test their NCLEX exam So super excited to see where they're going to go next. It's been an amazing experience with them.
1: And so these candidates who are in the program, obviously they have experience. They've, you know, they've got a a certain set of skills. Mm -hmm. And then what do you do for them in this program
0: to get them ready to make that next step? Yeah, that has been the most educational journal journey that I've been on. Um, These guys, they know how to save your life. If your heart stops beating, they are on it. But things that terrify them a little bit and that they just don't do incredibly well are bedpans and bed baths. And they're like, wait, this is what you have to learn? I have to do what to <laughs> So they're just kind of freaked out sure. by the whole experience. They're like, oh my gosh, like, this is what I don't do well, but ask me what drugs I need for your heart. And they nail it every time. Sure. So um, it's teaching that basic kind of skill sets to them and then incorporating what they're doing in their practice into what we're doing now and making all of that relevant. And it's so amazing to listen to them, be like, hey, listen, Ms. Hardy, I saw this patient on the box. Do you know that I looked at their med list and I knew everything that was in grandma's purse, the whole thing, I knew it all. And I knew that she was having some problems based upon that. Mm -hmm. So watching them connect those dots between practice and reality, it's so rewarding as an instructor. And then obviously they're having to learn how to deal with
1: patients in that bedside manner you know the patient isn't unconscious or bleeding out or you know in a, in a more emergency situation yeah. all the time and so how much goes into just teaching them how to connect with a patient mm-hmm. who needs more of that relationship than just in the ambulance at that moment
0: yeah i tell them I'm like hey you guys got to commit to sit mm. you got to commit to sit at that bedside and to speak with this patient and to listen to the stories And to really connect and to understand what that patient is going through at this moment and know that you're going to be an integral part of getting them from this point to the next point. And the amount of education that these guys like latched onto they're like, I have been wanting to do this my whole life, helping this patient to get out of this hypertensive crisis and to get to a point to where every day they can manage their own blood pressure, their own blood sugar that they can make the decision between eating an apple and eating a donut. Mm. So they really feel like they get to pour back into their patients even more because of that.
1: Do you want to learn the five steps you must take now to prevent attrition in your nursing staff? Click the link in the description and fill out the form to receive our informational sheet. What has been one of your favorite moments that you've experienced with students working
0: during your time at Blinn? So my favorite story about students, it's, it's going to be a little tearjerker. Just, I'm ready. Okay, okay. <laughs> So I had a student who was working with um, people on a neurological unit, so weren't able to speak, weren't able to walk, had, had some sort of a stroke or an event. So this one student comes to me, and she's like, Miss Hardy, this patient is just not talking anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm like,
0: hey, let's see what we can do. So we got into the literature, we started reading, and we learned about evidence-based practice that talks about singing to your patient. And she said, you know what, I'm going to try it. And I'm like, you do that. She goes, no, I can't sing. I was like, I don't think it matters. Yeah. So it was real close to Christmas time. And so she took the opportunity to be jolly. And every time she went to that patient's room, she sang a Christmas carol. Mm -hmm. She just picked one and sang it. And uh, she didn't think it was making a whole lot of difference, but she did it anyway. So during the bed bath, the PT, when she was feeding the patient, she sang. On the last day she cared for this patient, she goes back to the bedside to tell the daughter and the family, hey, thank you so much for letting me care for you. This has been an amazing experience. My rotation's over. Um, thank you so much. She turns to walk out of the room and the patient says her first word. Oh my gosh. She just breathes it. She just says bye. Wow. Yeah. That's so incredible.
1: I love that story. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great yeah. story. And It also goes to show you can never stop learning. That's kind of a a big theme we've heard in a bunch of the episodes here on Healthcare Calling is, you know, always be open to learning something new, even when you think you know it all, because you're never going to know
0: it all. You no, I, I learned something today. So again, <laughs> you never stop learning for sure. Yeah, definitely.
1: Have there been any moments with your students that you just couldn't help but laugh at the situation? I can already tell. <laughs> I mean, we talked about toe pushing statues earlier, but
0: yeah. Uh, but yeah, anything specific that really comes to mind that's a, a humorous story. I had a student one time that walked down the hallway. Patient had pressed the, the call bell button. We had been prepping this patient to, in an attempt to do the ultimate the ultimate clean out of the bowels. Gotcha. And so we had packed in there a lot of things and it just wasn't happening. We had been to the bathroom several times. It wasn't happening. So finally we're like, you know, we're going to give you some time alone. And if you need us, here's your call bell button. Call us for safety. So the patient's call bell button goes off. We're like, all right, this is the moment. This is it. This is it. We're going to get our results. And the student walks down to the room. She opens the door and then the door comes back very slowly and closes in her face and she turns to me and she says, we're going to need a bigger mop. (laughs) (laughs) And we definitely needed a bigger mop. (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine the other (laughs) stories that you have. Oh man,
1: that's wild. Why do you love nursing? I mean, you can tell, I can tell you have a passion for it. Um, not just for nursing, but for teaching, you know, what makes you come back every day to work?
0: You know, I think it's never the same place twice, mm. um, and then I think you see those progressions. You see those patients who are getting better and who are moving on a different level of healthcare continuum, and you're like, "Hey, what we did made a difference. So let's go with that and let's let's make this a positive day." And then sometimes I feel like um, when I go to the hospital now as an instructor. Um, as an employee, I have a kind of a different role with, you know, taking care of patients and doing that stuff. But when I go there as an instructor, I sometimes feel like people just come to me. and They're like, "Miss Hardy, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm doing great, babe. How are you? And then the next thing I know, we get into this conversation and really connecting even with the nursing staff that have either been in our program or that I've worked alongside. And it's that connection and how it just goes and ripples out to all the other people so I really love the connection point of being, um, of being that person that they can talk to. What makes the students in this program unique? Man, there's some hardworking people. Um, a lot of our students continue to have full-time jobs or part-time jobs because in this economy, we have to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, the, having those working people who have all this real-life experience, no matter where they're coming from, whether it be from a medical background or from something else, it's amazing to watch how those all kind of filter in together and ultimately become part of their nursing personality going forward. So um, that's probably the most unique thing about our students is all the different places that they come from and and the fact that they're just so hardworking, every one of them.
1: That diversity must be important because patients are diverse. And so to be able to have nurses from all walks of life and backgrounds and experience, Um, I'm sure it's important to be able to relate to a number of patients.
0: Yeah. And what's been really interesting is with the paramedic to RN program, it's mainly men so mm-hmm. far. Out of the eight students we had graduate, six of those were guys and two were females. Okay. So shifting the way that I um, talk to them and helping them to understand what men look like in nursing mm-hmm. and how incredible that they're going to be able to take their uh, this entry point in and how they're going to be able to navigate through has been something that's really kind of challenged me a little bit. And then also, too, to help them to connect with their caring side of their um, their personalities and allow them space to do that.
1: You might be seeing a little bit of a trend here already with more men in this program. What's your hope for the future of nursing?
0: I think ultimately, I want to see people who come to the profession with passion. I love people who come in who learn who they're going to be and learn about compassion. And then that fits into their lifestyle. And this becomes part of their calling, not just their profession. So to see people like that is amazing. And then to hear the stories of the people, the students who come from hard places and ultimately go to incredible places. Like I love those stories. I'm like, I love a good comeback. I love a good comeback.
1: What advice do you have for recent graduates who are just now getting started in their career?
0: One of the most important things you will ever learn to do is to empty your pockets. Explain. Okay. (laughs) Um, So nurses, you know, we always have our scrubs on and they have fantastic pockets, pockets on the front, pockets on the sides, pockets in the back. And we stuff ourselves all day long with the things that we need in order to do our job. Mm -hmm. But it is so incredibly important when you come home at night that you empty your pockets. Mm and leave that there and disconnect from it and go and do connect with your family, Mm -hmm. connect with those hobbies, those passions, those other things that define who you are. And a good practice is just to have a place to empty your pockets. What makes blends nursing
1: program so special and what sets it apart from other similar programs in the state and even the country?
0: Well, because we're here. Of course. (laughs) Right. It's all the faculty. here. Yeah, Yeah, it's all the faculty. Um, No, I think faculty plays a huge role in that. And then the support of our community. I feel like the backing of our community, when the the hospital has a need for nurses, has a need for something to move forward, we have this incredible relationship with them where we can go to them and say, hey, what are we not teaching? And then they're like, oh, well, can y'all do this? And we're like, yeah. And then we're like, what can we? And then sometimes we go to them and say, hey, we have a need for this. And they're like, hey, we have that education program, let's do that. So that uh, corporation um, attitude that we have, and then the incredible support that the students get upon graduation, because so many of our students return to this area and stay right here, um, and continue to practice their profession here. So it's pretty amazing.
1: I wanna ask because you started that program, the RN to, excuse me, paramedic to RN, Mm -hmm. and that's because you saw a need. Do you see anything right now that could potentially be a new program or a new branch of blends nursing program.
0: I think one of the, my greatest desires is, is to have the students that we have here get in and stay connected and to go on, um, to all 100% be from the time that you enter the program until you leave to be hundred percent successful and that we don't lose anyone along the way. Uh, Sometimes that takes our thinking has to shift. Um, So for instance, with this paramedic to RN program, one of the things that we instituted, you're only here two days a week. So it was a big thing that we're like, we have to do it this way. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because they're still going to work. Right. So we have to think about changing our models to make students more successful. So I think in the future, we probably have the opportunity for more programs that would bridge other healthcare professions into us whether it be radiology technicians or respiratory therapists to provide them a pathway into registered nursing and to just take down some of the barriers that they feel. Um, They're like, I can't do that. you're like, no, 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 let's find a way. Let's find a path. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that we all have to do is to help them find the path. In some of the other
1: episodes on healthcare calling, we've discussed the simulation lab and how you bring all sorts of people together to work on these cases. And so not only are they working on the patient, they're having to work with other people. You have now students who have been a paramedic and are learning to become a nurse. What are some of the observations and and some of the things that your students have realized
0: as they transition from role to role? So fun statement, we've been doing um, a program here called progressive simulation For a very long time. Um, At one point in time, our hospitals uh, didn't have space for us. They were doing some renovations. They had done some uh, fruit basket turnover. You know, staffing had happened. And we're like, okay, well, we're going to see them. So in that process of that, we took the students and we shoved them all together. And then we sat back like evil scientists (laughs) and watched to see what would happen. And what we saw was um, them starting to learn how to crosswalk and communicate between each other. And our simulation lab really helps us to provide that environment of learning where I can go in and I can teach something. We always talk about clinicals that they're caught, not taught. And the reason being is because you cannot plan for someone to die today. Like, that is not what we're there for. So we would miss that skill of death, dying, and coping because it didn't happen. So we can bring that back to simulation, in this nice, safe place, and give them the opportunity to do that. So our, again, my my perfect example with the paramedics is, is that they're like, I just didn't know how much I didn't know until I figured out what I didn't know. And so they come back every day with these new insights into the program, into their own learning. And they're like, wow, you know, if we did this and this, and I just had 15 more minutes on scene, we could have made a huge difference in this patient's heart failure just by talking to them about the cans of soup that they're eating. So just little small changes that they felt like they could do now that they had the education and a little more insight into all of these different um, health problems that they really felt they could make make mountains move. Well, Jamie Hardy, it sounds like incredible work that you're doing here. And I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having
1: us. We appreciate it. If you are interested in learning more about Lynn's nursing program, click on the link in the description to head to the website. Produced by Podcast Architects.